Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is made possible by our supporters over on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get your own RSS feed with ad-free shows and extra episodes every month, then head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. Christmas. My name is Jason Robbins, and this is the latest episode of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. And my name is Derek Diamond. I can't uh, believe we are less than a week away. Well, not actually one week away. One uh, solid the week. Christmas. Four more working days for me. I know you only got like half a day left. Lucky you. <laughs> well, it's uh, no Wednesday's my last day, uh, and then uh, be heading to Orlando for a couple of days. Uh, get back in time to do Christmas with the family and get all of next week off, um, thankfully. So, uh, yeah, just finally get to, I tell you, this month has felt like three <laughs> with yeah. everything that I've been doing. I bet. it's It's been insane. Yeah, I'll be but, honest, I, I'm kind of ready for 2023 to be over with. Let's just start clean, start a new year. And uh yeah, I'm I'm done with this year already. I'm more a fan of the uh of even numbers, so I'm looking forward to twenty twenty four and plus four is my favorite number. Yeah, can we just go back to twenty nineteen and just do a complete redo <laughs> of the last three years? We just we need a full rewrite <laughs> of the script. Just yeah, burn it and start over. Can we just can we get a script doctor in here? We just we need to make some changes. And uh, do some editing, and uh, maybe we can fix this thing in post. <sighs> a filmmaker's favorite phrase, we'll fix it in post. <laughs> um, and let everybody know we are taking next week off. Um, no show next week because Monday is Christmas. We're taking the week off. And um, we will be doing uh, an episode for um, the first, which is uh, New Year's Day falls on a Monday. 
Not sure if we're going to do this, a show that night or not, or if we're going to pre-record something, but did want to tell you guys, uh, we're going to do our traditional show of uh, talking about our favorite gaming moments of the year, um, some of the surprises that we had playing some of the stuff we did for the show. Um, so if you have any great gaming moments or even horrible gaming moments that you've had over the last year, write in to us, nerdcaveretro@gmail.com, and we'll read them on the show. I don't know about you, but I'm I'm so shocked that I enjoyed Tears of the Kingdom. That's oh, my yeah. biggest surprise of the <laughs> yeah, day. Yeah, that's the biggest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did you see the the? <clears throat> I put a uh, I took a screenshot of my uh, year end thing that Nintendo sent me. I had like a hundred and forty hours in Tears of the Kingdom. You might have me beat. I haven't checked mine yet, but I I don't know if I've played it that much. Honestly, it's got to be close. I was surprised but... it was that low. I thought it was going to be more than that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I want to play that game again, but I also don't because I don't want to get sucked in. And I've been playing so much of Mario RPG, and I, like, I've already beat it, and I'm doing a second playthrough, but I haven't gotten tired of it yet. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm not going to restart uh, another game anytime soon on that. Cause that kind of sucked my life away for a few months. So it's, uh, yeah. I got to play some other stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for, um, you know, what we have coming up in 2024. You know, we both think that the successor to the switch is going to be arriving by year's end. So <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. Joy says tears of the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why? Why the hate? Why the hate, Joey? I don't, I don't get. It. I don't. I don't know. Um, I gotta get. I still have to get my right a, a new right Joy-Con <clears throat> for the Switch, and those things are expensive. Just a right Joy-Con. Why is it you can find left Joy-Cons for like twenty bucks on Amazon, but a right Joy-Con is going to cost you at least forty, at the bare minimum. That makes no sense to me. I mean, it really doesn't. Do they not make as many right ones as the left one? I don't. I don't get what's going on there with all that. I, I don't know. Well, Joey, you need I, to get on to being Nintendo. You need to get on playing Tears of the Kingdom because honestly, that that was my game of the year right there. Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, same with me. He says, uh, if you ever hit on the border restaurant in Orlando slash Kissimmee, let me know. That's one of my wife's locations. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I might have to look into that. You need to see if they'll uh, spring for you a, a ticket too, Joey, so you can fly down <laughs> with her. Yeah. And maybe yeah. y'all can meet up. Uh, that would uh, that picture would break the, the Nerd Cave Retro <laughs> Discord. Um, but they've been announcing a lot of cool uh, uh, um, guests for Pensacon this year. And uh, I'm mm -hmm. pretty excited about some of the guests that they've named so far. Uh, they've got Doyle. Doyle von Doyle Doyle Wolfgang von Frankenstein is going to be there this year. I'm pretty excited for that. I had a feeling you would be when that was announced. I'm like, oh, Jason's going to lose his mind uh, when he's when he sees it announced. Yeah, and Wally jumping in the chat room and says it's my game of the year because I can't play Spider Man, Baldur's Gate, Alan Wake, etc. Get out of here with all that, man. <laughs> 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 uh, looks like today's podcast is going to be a roast. Yeah, it'll be roast of me, uh, as per usual. Might have to get Wally in here to to tell us why everything is so much better than the Nintendo. 
Let's see. Said I have to get my own flight, but hotel, car, etc., would be covered. That's that's not too bad. So let me ask Wally this. So if he had a choice, should I buy a PS Five or should I get just an Xbox Series S and just use Game Pass? Like, is Game Pass worth the, the getting an Xbox, or should I just go ahead and get a PS5? Like, what should I do here? Or I know I want to get a, a PC, but that's going to be a while, because I want to save up money and just pay cash for a, uh, for, for a PC. Yeah, it'll be worth the wait, though, because, I mean, you, especially now with as many you know, programs that there are, um, you need a good computer. Yeah. And you really get what you pay for when it comes to like a laptop or a desktop, whatever, whatever you get. Yeah. I don't have like $2,500, $3,000 to slap down on an alien or anything like I used to be able to. So, so it's going to have to be, uh, budgeted into my, uh, budget <laughs> for the year. So, if I want to play something now, I might have to just get like an Xbox Series S or something. Joey says PS5, and when you get your PC built, Game Pass PC is $10 a month. See, that's not bad at all. No, it's really not. But I do want to play the PS5 exclusives, though. Like, I really want to play Spider-Man 2. Um, Me too. And Alan Wake. I want to play all that kind of stuff. So I, I don't know. I got too much to, to, to consider. So if I'm just going to stick with the Nintendo Switch for now. Maybe something will happen and you'll be able to to get a nice gaming PC by this time next year. Yeah, maybe I'll win the lottery or, you know, <laughs> we'll get uh, like a hundred more patrons and I can afford to get like a really nice P- gaming PC. We'll see. Stranger things have happened, my friend. We'll, we'll see. But uh, we don't have a whole ton of news because we're so close to Christmas, but we got a few things to get to. You ready to jump into the news? Yes, sir. <laughs> Some of tonight's stories were submitted to us by I Am The Rampage, and if you have a story you'd like us to cover, send them to NerdCaveRetro at gmail.com. And this first story comes from MyNintendoNews.com. Link's Awakening DX HD receives takedown notice by Nintendo. The creators behind a gorgeous reimagining of Link's Awakening titled Link's Awakening DX HD has been issued a takedown notice by Nintendo. It featured HD visuals, 120 frames per second scrolling, and widescreen support. Additionally, players could also zoom out and take in the entirety of Koholint Island at once. Nintendo is renowned for its protection of its IP and consistently takes down projects such as this one. Um, let's see, and, it, and they said, It has come to our attention that the following game, Link's Awakening DXHD offered on itch.io infringes and makes unauthorized use of Nintendo's copyrights in the Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening video game. This notice reads, and if it's such a good game and it's such a good representation of the game, why doesn't Nintendo do like other gaming companies like uh, like Steam or, or some like that where they just, if somebody does something like this, they're just like, hey, we're going to hire you and we're going to take this from you because it is our stuff and we're going to give you credit, but we're just going to hire you to keep doing this kind of stuff. It would make too much sense. Yeah. Nintendo got a Nintendo. In in other breaking news, water is wet. Yeah. When I think (laughs) of this, this kind of situation, I mean, 
this is really cool. I, I would say to Nintendo, if like if you want to take this down, why don't you just make it yourselves? I mean, I know they did the full HD remake, and th- yeah. this was so. Link's Awakening DX came out for the Game Boy Color, um, because the original Link's Awakening was for the standard Game Boy, which was in black and white, um, and this had like a new dungeon that you could go in, um, and you could get either a red or a blue tunic, and so like the red would increase your attack and the blue would increase your defense, mm-hmm. um, so that that's the name reason by the name change. I remember as a kid, I was actually disappointed because it didn't have uh the WWE group Degeneration X in it because it said DX. <laughs> but um, that, beside the point, Nintendo needs to, no pun intended, suck it. Yeah, I mean... Because this is pointless and stupid. It's not hurting them at all. Yeah, they could take this from the guy, hire him to, to do the work on it, whatever. I mean, it's already done. And just put it out themselves and make some money off of it. And they didn't even have to do anything. No, but... Nintendo doesn't like to do smart and logical things sometimes. No, not really. But they are the head of the fun police, though. Yeah. <laughs> and other Zelda news from MyNintendoNews.com, Zelda producer shuts down the idea of a Zelda-style Mario Maker game. Speaking to Polygon, the Legend of Zelda producer IG Anuma told the site that it is not something they have been considering as... Although The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom had the building mechanics, they don't want to make creativity a requirement. When we're creating games like Tears of the Kingdom, I think it's important that we don't make creativity a requirement. Instead, we put things into the game that encourage people to be creative and give them the opportunity to be creative without forcing them to. But when asked about a Mario Maker-style game for Zelda, he said, There are people who want the ability to create from scratch, but that's not everyone. I think everyone delights in the discovery of finding your own way through a game, and that is something we tried to make sure was included in Tears of the Kingdom. There isn't one right way to play. If you're a creative person, you have the ability to go down that path, but that's not what you have to do. You're also able to proceed to the game in many other different ways, so I don't think it would be a good fit. I kind of agree with that. Yeah, I mean, my first thought is, yeah, it'd be kind of cool to build your own Hyrule, but it's, or like your own dungeon. If you did Mm -hmm. like a dungeon maker, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. But I, yeah, I don't think Zelda is the right genre or gameplay style for a Mario Maker style game. Yeah, because when you got Mario Maker, you know, you've got all going all the way back to the 8-bit Mario stuff, 16-bit, even up to the new stuff, and you can create levels uh, as short or as long as you want, put it, put whatever you want in the levels, and it's fun for people to go through and try those levels and see if they it, try to make them as crazy as possible. And Zelda doesn't really have that kind of aesthetic. Zelda's more of a... Uh, it's, it's an adventure game, you know? The discovery and... And things like and going into the dungeons and that's all part of it. It's it's not just sort of try to get to the end of the level as fast as you can and survive. It's it's not that type of game. So I understand that. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it might be a good idea. Yeah, I, I saw the comment too. Yeah. That's why I was laughing earlier. Um, yeah, I at the end of the day, I think he's right. 
at face value, it'd be kind of cool, but I think building my own high roll would get old really fast. Yeah, because then you got to, like you said, you got to put it, you got to build the dungeons too. You got to put in all the secrets. Like it's, it's just not that type of game at all. No. And for this last story, this comes from timeextension.com. Rare Japanese TV footage emerges of Luigi and Super Mario 64. Uh, Various pieces of evidence have appeared over the years to confirm that Super Mario 64 was originally going to include Luigi as a playable character. Um, See, to, to our knowledge, no video footage of Luigi in the game ever appeared, but that all changed over three weeks ago when a YouTuber called Now End Game Channel published a video of a 90s Japanese variety show on the platform containing roughly three seconds of the character running around a test area on in, the, in an N64 demo screen. Uh, let's see. Luigi Blood, who tweeted about the amazing discovery, writing, here's a, your only official footage of multiplayer Super Mario 64 from a Space World 95 video kiosk uh, as the camera clearly focuses on both characters. And did you get a chance to to look at the uh, the video at all? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a very quick clip. Yeah, but but yeah, it's it's pretty cool. I mean, that was one of the big things when this game came out. Is where where's Luigi? Yeah, like why can you not play as Luigi? But they did rectify that when they remade the game for the Nintendo DS because you could play as Mario, Luigi, Wario, and Yoshi, which was actually a lot of fun and they all had you know their own unique abilities so it added a new dynamic to that game yeah but yeah that this is one of the bigger you know what if scenarios from like that era of gaming because you know there was all i remember reading rumors that you know oh luigi was going to be like a hidden character and you have to yeah get a certain number of stars or it's something you get you know after you beat the game with all 120 of them of course, well, then they ended up putting Yoshi in instead. If he, if he, if they do have this evidence that he's in there, apparently, I would think his code is still within the game somewhere. So I wonder if anybody could break down the code of the game and actually make him a playable character. Get him out of the Matrix. Yeah, poor Luigi. He's he's stuck in the the train station of the N sixty four Matrix. <laughs> uh that's a good reference. <laughs> oh, oh, I was uh, hoping you'd get that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's going to bring us to the end of the news. Before we go into this month of video game history, I want to tell you guys about our mobile game partner, Globe Glider. Now, if you like action-adventure platforms, and we know you do, Globe Glider is for you. And the game is absolutely free. There's no, um, there, there's no uh, microtransactions or anything in the game, but you can make a donation to the game using our partnership and it's quick and easy. Just simply hit the donate button and select Nerd Cave Retro as your referral partner and you will unlock sweet in-game prizes like an exclusive Nerd Cave Retro cape. So download Globe Glider today on the App Store or Google Play. And now we're going to go into this month in video game history. <laughs> I love this so much. December 2nd of 1989, the world premiere of the Universal Pictures film The Wizard is held at the Cineplex Odeon Theater in Universal City, California. 
Just reading that sentence makes me want to go watch The Wizard. California. California. Yeah, this made me smile when I saw that this was an actual thing. <laughs> we have to celebrate it, this movie every year for the rest of our lives. Absolutely. Yeah, it's um, it snuck right in before the 90s started, about yeah. as close as you can get. But it, for those that you know might be new to the show, The Wizard is actually the first commentary track that mm -hmm. we ever did for this podcast. And we actually did it in person because mm -hmm. I drove all the way to your house and we yeah, an hour set and a half my drive to my house. Yeah, just so we an hour and a half it. drive <laughs> set up our mics in front of your TV and just popped in the DVD and mm -hmm. watched it. And I had so much fun doing that. I just love that movie so much. I can just I, that's one of those movies I can literally watch anytime. It's one of those movies that I'll never be in the mood to not watch. And one of these days, I'm going to interview either the director or one of the cast members for my podcast. I need to get Fred Savage on here so we can talk to him oh, about that, it. Oh, <laughs> that'd be fun. Uh, December 10th of 1993, ID Software releases Doom for PC. It's widely considered to be one of the greatest and most influential games of all time, especially in the first-person shooter genre and is also one of the worst video game-to-movie adaptations of all time. <laughs> what are you saying? You don't like The Rock? That that movie was amazing. No, I, <laughs> I, I love The Rock, and I love the, the little first-person sequence that they did. Yeah, that was the only That's good about, part of the movie. <laughs> but other than that, oh, that movie was bad. Oh, I just remember yet, that movie was one of the movies I almost walked out of. Like, it was so bad. Yeah, it's... It, I don't think it's the worst video game adaptation, but it's up there. It's really, really bad. Yeah, I think you might have pronounced it. I, did you say ID Software or ID? I did. It's it's ID. Yeah, Joey. Joey's correcting you in the chat room. It's ID. Oh, software. well, thank well, thank you, Joey. <laughs> ID Software releases Doom for PC. Uh, that slipped past me. I didn't even hear you say that. Um, Let's see, December 14th of 2001, Panasonic releases the GameCube-based Q media, multimedia console. Let's look at this thing. So oh, it's the, this, yeah. this was, yeah, the Japan exclusive that could play DVDs. Yeah, it had a DVD player in it. That's awesome. I looked on eBay to see how much they go for. The cheapest one was about 500 bucks. Jeez, that's insane. Or you could buy it now for 1000 I just wish Nintendo would have just made the discs DVD size so you didn't have to have a special add-on. Well, they didn't want people to use their their console as a multimedia platform. They just wanted it to be used for gaming. But I will I will say the GameCube does hold up like crazy. I I liked the little discs. I thought they were kind of cool. Yeah, you don't have as much surface area to scratch up. Yeah. <laughs> like regular true. DVDs. I would love to get my hands on one of these at some point. Um, I don't know that I ever will because of how expensive they are. Yeah. But you know I would love to have one just just to say I have one. You know what's going to start getting expensive one of these days is DVD players because they're starting to get phased out. Mm-hmm. We're getting old. I know. Yeah, I think Best Buy is going to stop selling DVDs. Um, early next year and you're you're really seeing like because i went in best buy uh yesterday and there's just this one little mm -hmm. rack of dvds at the front of the store 
Yeah, last so time I went in there. It's more about appliances. Yeah, I don't like it. It's it's too many uh, washing machines and uh, like refrigerators in there now. I used to like to go and Best Buy and just and just hang out for like hours looking at DVDs and games and stuff. And now there's like, I don't know, it's kind of sad in there. Yeah, it's just, I'm reminded of an era gone by. Yeah. Because they don't, they don't sell CDs anymore. You know, like, I don't know how the Best Buy is, you know, around where you live, but like when you walk in right to the left is where they have all the appliances, mm. but they have stuff in the middle of the aisles too. So it's almost like you have to duck and weave through everything yeah. to get to the back of the store. I don't even think they have CDs anymore. I know they have uh, vinyl records, but I don't think they mm -hmm. do CDs anymore. And eventually they'll stop selling physical games. Mm, I don't like that. No, I don't either. I don't know if Best Buy is even going to be a thing in a few years. They're going to go the way of oh, Circuit yeah. City. Oh yeah, Joey's right. WWE is no longer making physical media either. They announced that not oh. too long ago. Wow. I still have uh, the majority of my collection of wrestling DVDs at my parents' house that I used to get like back in the uh, early to early 2000s to like the early 2010s. Yeah, one of the things I'm actually on the lookout for now is I like to collect VHS tapes, and I'm on the lookout for old. 80s era w like wrestling tapes especially the the WWE WWF ones from back mm -hmm. then um the uh, the Coliseum video series Oh yeah oh those were great I used to love those Yeah they used they still did those in the in the 90s too cuz I remember they did one for um I think they did one for the Undertaker mm -hmm. they did um WCW did a couple cuz I had the the Sting and DDP ones um. Yeah, they did a lot of a lot of cool documentaries. They're getting harder. Oh, Joey and harder says to he find. has four hundred VHS tapes. <laughs> yeah, but what are they? Are they actual wrestling tapes? Oh, re wow! That's insane. Yeah, that's what he said. <laughs> Jeez. Wow. I'm gonna have if to I see ever this get, collection. If I ever get to Jersey, <laughs> I want to see that collection. That's what I was saying. Next time I go to Jersey, we're gonna watch some VHS tapes. Yes. To close us out for this month in video game history and this year for this month in video game mm -hmm. history, December 30th of 2003, Sega and Sonic Team released Sonic Heroes for the GameCube, PS2, Xbox, and Windows. I personally was not a fan of Sonic Heroes. I don't know if you ever played it or if Never you know did. much about it. Mm -mm. It's a it's a team-based game, so you don't control just Sonic. Mm -mm. You have, like, Tails and Knuckles with you. And you have, like, team-up abilities, or you could switch between, like, Sonic leading the group or Tails leading the group, so on and so forth. It wasn't a bad idea. It just wasn't executed very well. Yeah. I mean, I could understand you doing something like that if you're doing, like, an RPG-style thing, like Mario RPG, but, like, in a regular... Sonic game like I, I don't want to switch characters like that no so no it's it ain't on the top of my Sonic games list I'll say that yeah but uh but that brings us to we're, we're done for the year with this month in video game history mm -hmm. and before we go into the review for tonight Derek is gonna do our last Patreon shout outs of the year I do want to say this real quick before I do that 
since we're starting a new year, that means that we can start putting in tidbits from 2004, <laughs> which is crazy because that's it'll be the 20 year anniversary of me graduating high school. Dude, if you ask me what year it is, it's like it's 2004. <laughs> like that's I just stopped paying attention to time around that. Yeah. Point. Yeah. But anyway, we want to shout out our awesome patrons over at patreon.com slash nerd cave retro. And we actually have a new patron <laughs> that we want to shout out. I didn't even Mike, see this. <laughs> Mike Evelyn's appendix has joined our Patreon. So shout out to Mr. Evelyn. In all seriousness, I, I, you know, Mike Evelyn had his appendix removed and uh, he's doing much better. Yeah. He's, um, so he's already glad to, glad to hear that. He's already back at work. So I'm, I'm glad he's doing better. That makes me happy. Yep. Yep, for sure. And we want to shout out Yup Fed, aka Knife, James, aka at Jimbo Jr. on Discord, Travis Martin, Raven, Danny House, Justin Nispel, John West, Daniel Salmon, Mr. B Res Coffee himself, Mike Eveland, who we just mentioned, mm-hmm. Tyler Watson, also known as the official fact checker to the official fact checker of the yeah. Nerd Cave Retro podcast, Axeblade 07. Armez Jackson, Carlos Longoria, a.k.a. I am the Rampage. Rampage. That was a long Steph, one. <laughs> Steph Sar- Got to end the year on a high note. <laughs> Steph Sargent Sketch, Gus and Penny, Matthew Salmon, Mr. Joey Image, and of course, Mama Diamond herself. Mama Diamond. I like it. <laughs> uh, yeah, want to shout out our awesome patrons for keeping the lights on for us here at the nerd cave retro podcast. We love our patrons so much. We watched the star Wars holiday special for our patrons. Mm -hmm. I don't think we can be asked to do much more than that. No, we can shut down the Patreon and we're we're done. Yeah. We've, (laughs) we've hit, I don't know if that would be a, a peak accomplishment or a Valley accomplishment. Well, it's it is, one of the two. It is going to be uh, released as a Christmas present for the holidays. We're releasing it to the general public uh, this Wednesday. So if you want to watch, we uh, we wanted to get it out to the public before Christmas so everybody can enjoy our uh, misery. Then you can be misery, miserable right along with us and watch the Star Wars Holiday Special over your Christmas break. It's the gift that keeps on giving all year. It'll ruin Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pretty much. But we have done much better commentary tracks as far as the content we've watched. Oh, and let um, me tell any- you, before we move on, my YouTube algorithm now is wrecked because we watched the, the Star Wars holiday special. That's all I'm getting now is people talk <laughs> like videos of people talking about the holiday special. I'm like, I'm done. I don't want to hear anything else about it. YouTube. Uh, YouTube is so evil. <laughs> that algorithm is so evil. Yeah. But we have watched much better content than the Star Wars holiday special. We've watched, Great movies like Batman 89, Transformers the movie, Clue, Christmas Vacation. We've also watched numerous animated series like Gargoyles, Darkwing Duck, Tailspin, Real Ghostbusters. The list is near endless on what we've watched, and I'm excited to see what we come up with for commentary tracks for 2024. And I want to watch some more Real Ghostbusters. I want to get back to those. 
Yeah, we haven't watched them in a while, so I'm I'm totally down for that. Wash the taste of that holiday special out of my mouth with some <laughs> real Ghostbusters and something good. Yeah. But if you want to sign up for our Patreon, for as little as a dollar a month, head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. And for new patrons, be sure to send us your social media info, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, so we can give you a proper shout out. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And tonight, I'm going to be talking about... platform game for the NES based on the comic book series of the same name. The game was developed under the direction of Masato Megawa by Konami, which also published it in North America in February of 1992 and Europe on February 18th of 1993. Graphics were created by Konami Shindo, Madonna Taira, and Toshihiro Furukawa, and the music was composed by Tomoko Sumiyama. And let me tell you, these people did a wonderful job with the graphics and the music for this game. I, I, I honestly had never played this game until last week. Uh, I'd always heard great things about it. It's one of those games that was really hard to find. Um, I had to get a, a ROM of it myself, but I, it's all legal ways. I got a legal ROM of the game because if you want to get a copy of this game, uh, you're gonna run you about 150 bucks on eBay. Uh, on I a thought buy, it would have been more. On a buy it now, uh, all the buy it nows on eBay are at least 150 bucks. So if you got 150 bucks to drop, you know, head to eBay right now and pick yourself up a copy of Bucky O'Hare. I don't know why, but I thought it would be in like the 220 to 250 range. I think it used so that's to be a little surprising. It's come down a little bit, I think. Um, but yeah, it's uh. It's it's one of the later NES titles where they didn't. It was this was clearly like right after the the Super Nintendo dropped, so they weren't making as many Nintendo games. That's why a lot of the games are so expensive from 1992 forward because they just didn't make as many of them after the Super Nintendo came out. Which begs the question: Why did this game not get a port to the Super Nintendo? I think this would have been one of the most popular games for the Super Nintendo had it been released for that console. 
I mean, it reminds me, like, the characters and everything remind me a lot. Uh, I, I know that Nintendo, you know, with, um, uh, oh my god, <laughs> what am I trying to think of? What, mm, they're, oh my god, why am I blanking on his name? The, do a barrel roll! Um, oh, Star Fox. Star Fox, good lord, like, the Star Fox universe borrows heavily from this, I think. Maybe they should do a, a Bucky O'Hare and Star Fox crossover. Maybe. Like, it would totally fit. Like, they fit in the... Uh, like, they, it works. But as, the, as far as the game, uh, it, it is... You stars the titular rabbit as the captain of the Righteous Indignation, which protects the parallel universe of the Aniverse. His other crew members, Duck, Deadeye, Cat Jenny, and Android Blinky and Human Willy have been captured by the Toad Air Marshal. Uh, the first four levers, levels of the game are, like, after your crew in the the beginning, uh, <clears throat> you, you know, animatic, your your friends get kidnapped, your crew, and you got to go to eat there. You start off with four planets, and you have to pick a planet to save them. So you, the game doesn't, you don't necessarily have to play it the same way every single time. You can pretty much start where you want to. But it is very Mega Man-like where, um, you know, in Mega Man, when you go and you kill a boss, you will get that boss's power to use. And it's sort of like playing a game of rock, paper, scissors when it comes to the next boss. So there's like a that sort of aesthetic to the game. It's kind of the same here. Like once you rescue one of your, your team members, you're then allowed to switch between the team members and each one of them have a different uh, set of powers to help you get through the levels. See, that's just a great setup for for a game you know you you have a cool universe and you have all these different characters that you can play as with different abilities so that i mean that alone has pretty much sold me on it and i like you i've heard nothing but excuse me great things about this game and even if you look at the cover art it makes you want to know more about it. Like yeah. it, it looks like it would be perfect for the cover of Nintendo power. Oh, absolutely. And and I never really saw this game anywhere as a kid. Like, of course I was already on to the super Nintendo at this time, but if I'd been walking around, you know, Kmart and saw this hanging on the shelf, I would have definitely been intrigued enough to go rent it and check out what mm-hmm. it was about. And if I would have played this, as a kid, I guarantee you, I would have spent some hard-earned uh, grass-cutting money to to purchase a copy of this, and probably would have been one of the first games that you reviewed on the show. Yeah, probably. Um, and some of my notes for this is is the first note I wrote about this game. This game is the ultimate example of what the NES was capable of, and <laughs> all the other makers of games that are lesser than this should be ashamed of themselves because if this is what the Nintendo was capable of, what was everybody else doing? That's a very good question. Because I I don't have an answer for that. I, I could not get over how beautiful this game is as far as the graphics and how detailed everything is, the amount of colors they fit on the screen, the speed of the game... This game is, uh, what did I write here? I said, it, this reminded me a lot of Mega Man, but it's uh, it's like Mega Man on steroids. This game is so fast-paced sometimes, it would just throw me off. 
like Mega Man with Ninja Gaiden level speed. Sometimes your reflexes have to be so fast that the only way to get through the levels is sheer will of memorization. Um, and now I wrote some level stuff on here, like the lava level. Um, there's this level that there, there is some battle toads level foolishness, foolishness in this game. Like not nothing like the turbo tunnel, but memorization that you would need almost like the turbo tunnel, because there's one level on the, the lava planet where you're under, you're underneath and you're trying to go down. Like, this is a game that's side-scrolling platform, but there's a lot of levels where you're just kind of going through caves and stuff like that, and you go down. Well, you're you're going down this level, and it's sort of like Mega Man when you're trying to go through some of the levels and avoid those lasers that are coming through the side of the screen, so you're trying to get through all the little openings so you can drop, keep dropping down. Well, this one just has lava that comes down and the lava is faster than you. So you have to be cutting corners and know exactly where you're going or you're going to get killed. Like that, this lava level took me like 20 minutes to memorize it enough to get, actually get through it. And it's not that long. Yeah. That's the trick when it comes to a lot of those old school games is you just have to know where everything is or where enemies or, or traps are yeah. not. Because you you have like half a second to react. Yeah, and like I wrote that this game is a platforming ass platformer. If you don't like platformers, this ain't for you. And another thing I wrote here next to the lava level, dropping platforms. There's no stopping to rest anywhere in this game because stuff will just fall out from under you and you fall to your de instant death. Like you're not ever sure where you can stand and not have like something just utterly kill you or drop out from under you. Like it's just, and I know that sounds negative, but it's also like, it's just one of those games where like you have to just keep memorizing where you can jump, where you can stand for a minute to catch your breath. And you can't really, I mean, this game is just like, it's like Ninja Gaiden. If you stop, you're dead. Yeah, I got to play this. Just just based off the comment that you say this is a platforming ass platformer. Yeah, there's it's, it's <laughs> like I I love I love platformers. And Mega Man with Ninja Gaiden level speed, like that sounds amazing. It's crazy. Like I had no idea. I the first thing I thought when I played this game is like, "Oh, this is a Mega Man clone." And it is, but imagine Mega Man like two times speed, like just as fast as you could think it could go and you're just you're platforming you're you're you got platforms falling out from under you you're dodging enemies you're you're dodging all kinds of stuff coming at you then you go into these caves and you're dodging lava and it's just it's like there's no time to rest ever but the game does give you infinite continues that's the only way you'll ever get through this game because there's no there's no cheat codes for this game it just gives you infinite continues and that's it now the gaming gods were generous when they made this yeah and the thing is is when you die you do start back at each of the acts or there's like there's how many levels did i say was in the game there's like 
Uh, let's see. Uh, unlimited continues, and you continue from the level that you died on. Thank God. Each level is divided up into sub-levels or acts, and each one is not that long. So say you're on uh, one of your planets, so just say it's like level one or whatever. You have like three or four sub-levels before you get to the boss. So if you die on like the sub-level three, you won't get sent back to the beginning of the act. You just start back from that sub-level that you died on. So if you can make it to the end of that level and start the next one, that's where you start from if you die from now on. So you're just your your whole goal is to just keep inching forward so you can get to that, you know, that checkpoint. So this just makes me want to ask questions to other developers like if this game could do all this stuff, <laughs> why didn't you do it? Yeah, like, y- y'all see this, right? Like, y- did yeah. y'all see this? Like, what they did, this is how you're supposed to make it. This, like, yes, they hate children, but they don't hate them enough to only give them, like, one continue. Like, at least they could, like, they know that the children are going to torture themselves by playing more if they have unlimited continues. Yeah. See, that's just smart business. Yeah. And there is a password system in the game. And I know we hate it. I know we hate it. But here's the thing. The password system is not ridiculous. There's no stupid symbols. There's no weird tic-tac-toe grids to remember stuff. There's four letters. There are four or five letters that you have to write down for each, for, to, to restart where you, where you died. That's it. No uppercase and lowercase. It's all uppercase. Just four or five letters you have to write down, and that's it. No 16-digit code like nope. in Tales Adventure? Nope. Nope. See, like that, that's where I'm okay with a password system. Like, if it's just something simple like that, I'm okay with it. Yeah. I, I don't Because back ha- then, like, you could just, you could get, like, a notepad and a pencil and write down the password on it. And nothing against Metroid. I love Metroid. But that password system for that game was ridiculous because Mm -hmm. there was upper and lowercase letters and numbers. So if you had a zero or an O, you were screwed if you didn't write it down right because you're like, "Uh uh-oh, is that an O or is that a zero? Is that an uppercase O or a lowercase O? Oh, or is it a donut? What is that? They actually go for a donut right yeah, now. Yeah, no, donuts sound good, doesn't it? Yeah, they do. <laughs> um, let's see. I wrote, why the hell was this game not on the SNES? That's my biggest question right now about this game. It has all the makings of a great Super Nintendo game. From the graphics to the story, the cover art. Like, heck, that could be a comic book cover. Yeah. And I, and I would buy that it's a comic book. Well, I mean, this is based off a comic book. Like the game's. Based, oh, it is. Like I don't understand okay. why this wasn't given more of a, a a media push at the time because this could have been amazing at the time. And uh, yeah, I wrote here. Uh, I found the thing here. It says the planets. There are four planets, and they're divided into eight or more acts with different gameplay styles and scrolling directions, either vertical or horizontal. So each planet is divided up into different uh, sub levels. So if you can make it to the next sub-level, that's where you start if you die. 
a crossover between Bucky O'Hare and Star Fox needs to happen. And not only that, why 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 couldn't we get like a Bucky O'Hare meets uh Usagi Yojimbo? Like that would be awesome. Oh, that'd be cool. <laughs> that'd be great. That'd be really cool. But think about it, like when's the last Star Fox game come out? It's been a while. That mm. franchise is on life support. Why not bring back a classic character? And yeah, man, a lot of people might not know who Bucky O'Hare is. But why not? I yeah. mean, you're not doing anything with it anyway, so why not try something different? Uh, Tidbit Retro in the chat room says, would love to see the Bucky O'Hare NES game and the arcade beat-em-up released uh, in a compilation. That would actually be really nice. Like, I don't understand. Why is this game not... Um, released for the the NES online on the Switch. I have no idea. Like it, it would oh, oh my, if it was there that that would just has more eyes on the game because this game deserved more than what it was given. Like it's not one of those games that you hear people a lot of people talk about when it comes to the NES and it needs to be because I'll be honest this game's a lot better than Battletoads, I can tell you that. And everybody loves Battletoads. This game is better than Battletoads. I think people have more nostalgia for Battletoads than anything. Like, it yeah. it can be fun, but it's just, it's too hard to beat. Yeah. Like, it crosses that, it crosses that line of being frustratingly hard. I mean, this game is frustratingly hard, too, but this game has a level of fairness to it. Like, it's it's overly hard, but it's not un... I don't know what's the word I'm looking for. It, it it's not like it, it's the goals are unattainable. All it really is is just memorization. But when it comes to battle toads, it's like that game just intentionally tries to 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 kill you and make you angry and quit. Like this game made me want to keep going. Battle toads is like once I get to the turbo tunnel, I'm just like ah, I'm done. I don't want to play no more. Yeah, I, I, we talk about this you know, occasionally on the show, whenever we review these late NES games that I think one of the big reasons is probably the timing of it. Yeah. You know, like the Super Nintendo was in full swing by that point. People weren't really thinking about the NES. And yeah, there were some good games that were released for it during that time. I just don't understand why they didn't do a port of it. And even if it took a little time, like the NES, the Super Nintendo you know, it's not like it had a year lifespan. Yeah. I mean, even if they'd have taken this game and, okay, it didn't sell well on the Nintendo, let's take a year of development and may, and do a, a Super Nintendo port. It probably would have done way better on the Super Nintendo. 100% agree with that. So, I don't know. And Joey said... T timing uh, is important. Joey said, Goonies 2 NES had numbers, letters, and punctuation for its uh, password system. Like, that's just gross. Like, yeah, that, that makes me want to vomit. I don't even want to hear that. That, that angers me hearing that. <laughs> uh, let's see. Did I write anything else? Or did I get to the end of my notes? Uh, yeah, I just wrote, um, this game deserves to be up there with the greatest NES games of all time. Because this is a Konami game, so you know love and care went into this game. The, the music is far above and beyond any uh, of the other NES titles, e even as far as, like, uh, uh, Nintendo-published titles, because Konami put an extra chip 
in their games for music so that they got twice as many tracks to play music. That's why their games sounded so good back then. And the game just plays great. It looks great. It's hard as hell, but totally worth every second of it. So if you can get yourself a copy of it uh, or be able to play it by some means, because even though they might be illegal, maybe if Nintendo gave us a way to buy this stuff, we would we would buy it and not have to look for ROMs of the game, Nintendo. Oh, but that would be too easy. Yeah, that'd be way too easy. So uh, I don't know. But uh, as far as reception of the game, uh, generally positive reviews upon release. Critics argued that Bucky O'Hare had solid gameplay and presentation, but did not contribute to anything new to its platform shoot 'em up genre. I, I don't know what they, else they were asking for. Why does every for? game have to contribute or revolutionize its genre? Yeah, why, why can't, can't it, it just be a good game? Yeah, why can't it just be a solid, you know, side-scrolling shooter with, that with platformer? Like that's what it is. It's not. You're not trying to, you know, make. I don't know, Legend of Zelda: Link to the Past. I mean, it's just it's a platformer a shooter like what are you expecting and they did well like it's one of the best you can do yeah so i don't know uh let's see critics uh from electronic gaming monthly felt its lack of new ideas was made up for by its amount of power-ups enemies gameplay variety and tight controls so you're saying the game is great but its lack of new ideas is what held it back like are you crazy what is wrong with you guys their arms hurt from reaching for that so much. Uh, give me a break. Oh, man. Electronic Gaming Monthly gave it a 31 out of 40. Game Pro gave it a 20 out of 25. Nintendo Power gave it a 13.3 out of 20. I feel like Nintendo was throwing shade on it for, for I don't know. That feels weird. They're, they were like, you know what? 13's a little too low but we don't want to go up to 14. So you know what? We're going to settle for 13.3. An official Nintendo magazine gave it a 72 out of 100. I'm going to say these scores are way too low for the game. Maybe maybe just at the time that they were looking for something new, but this game really has stood the test of time and is worth going back and checking out. It should be up there on a list of greatest NES games, and I'm going to give this game a solid 8 out of 10. Nice. I say the only thing that holds it back for me is it is a little frustrating because it is so freaking hard. But hey, that's just Nintendo. That's what That comes with the territory. Yep. A tidbit retro in the chat says, add Bucky as an unlockable character in the next Contra game. Oh, I'm down for that. That'd be great. Yeah, but Konami ain't going to do nothing with this stuff anymore. They're too busy making Plinko machines and not working on Silent Hill 2 <laughs> remake. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. You know, I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed the game and we could, could end the year on a, a, a good review and not yeah. Home Alone 2. Yeah, I did not, I did not want to end my year on something that I hated. So uh, I figured time to do Bucky O'Hare, fired it up, started playing it, and was amazed at how much I liked it. Fantastic. But that's going to bring us to the end of the this review and the end of our broadcast year. So, Derek, what's going on with the Derek Diamond experience coming up? So, we're on a little bit of a break. Um, just as I've mentioned, you know, on the show with 
work and other things just keeping me really busy. I'm just going to take a little break from doing the show. It will be back on January 8th. Um, so I'm going to take Christmas and New Year's off and we'll be back with uh, top five movies of 2023. That also gives me time to see a lot of the movies that I've missed out on this year. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, after that, we'll be marching on to 400 episodes nice. of that show. So we'll, uh, I've got some ideas for it. We'll see if any of them pan out. But if you want to uh, subscribe to the show, if you want to follow it on social media or go to my YouTube channel, linktree.com slash Podcast. everything is there. And uh, if you wouldn't mind leaving a rating and review for the show, I know we talk about it on this show as well, but it, it really does help mm -hmm. podcasters, especially independent ones like, you know, we are, you with open micers, me with the Derek mm -hmm. Diamond experience. It really does help. Um, and it doesn't cost anything, and it just takes thirty seconds to do. Yeah, I mean, even especially for this show. I mean, we've saw we've seen so much growth just this last year. Um, but we need everybody to go uh, leave reviews and five and rate. You don't have to leave, even if you hate us, leave us a one star rating because even bad ratings still push you up in front of people. So uh, the more ratings and reviews we get, the the more eyes are going to be on the show. And we thank you, everybody that's that been with us since the beginning. We thank everybody that jumped in over this last year because we've seen some crazy growth over this last year, and I love it. Or even those that, if this is your first episode. Yeah, welcome. Yeah. And if you want to hang out with us, we have a Discord you can hang out with us and talk to us, and it's awesome in there. we got some really good yeah. people in there. Um, and for the Open Micers podcast, at Open Micers on Twitter, Instagram, and OpenMicers.com, we've had some really good guests over the last couple of months. We've been talking to pretty much everybody, every comedian that was at Altercation Fest. We just talked to Ariel Olias Norman the, this last Sunday, and it will be available to the public this Wednesday. I think one of our better episodes as far as um, just talking about comedy, talking about the Austin scene. Um, what it, I mean, just what it takes to be a comedian, the, the ups and downs. She was on the Kill Tony panel, one of the very first, um, local Austin locals, uh, to be on there. She's from Boston. So, and she's rising up the ranks quickly, uh, as far as those mid-level comedians that are just doing their thing and, and building an audience. So go check out that episode. She was great to talk to. It's, uh, at open micers on Twitter and Instagram and I did want to say real quick also, um, I know the that my show's on a little bit of a break, but you know, I've I've had, I think, the best run of guests over the last like three or four months between Kevin Eastman, uh, Cal Dodd, the voice of Wolverine from the nineties X-Men cartoon, mm -hmm. um, actor Eric Roberts, um, Jen Taylor, the voice of Cortana. It's been it's been while I'm glad that all of our shows are doing well. Oh, yeah. And uh, did I say Ariel Elias? Because <laughs> uh, she has been on the show. Let me make sure I said the right name. Uh, come on, uh, YouTube. Let me see my content here. Uh, let's see. Comedian. Ariel Isaac Norman, not Elias. Ariel Isaac Norman. I got the middle name wrong. My bad. I just met her yesterday, so you got to give me a little... Plus, I'm an old man, so Ariel Isaac Norman. But we did have Ariel Elias on the show a while back, so go check out that episode, too. She was great. We're going to have her just on again the, soon, too. 
Just go through the whole yeah. discography. Just go listen to everybody. We've had everybody on the show. <laughs> so thank you guys for hanging out with us this year. Anything else before we uh, we get out of here for this year? I don't think so. Well, if you want to, uh, let me play our music here if I can find it. If you want to email us, email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. Nerdcaveretro.com is our link tree. That includes all of our social media stuff, our Patreon. Um, you can go to our Discord through there. You can give us money. If you don't want to be a patron, but you want to throw us some cash, we have a Cash App and PayPal on there. Or you can go get some merch at ncrmerch.com. We have all kind of t-shirt designs, hats, stickers, magnets, bags, mugs, whatever your nerdy little heart desires. And as we said earlier, please leave us a review and or a five-star rating on all podcasting platforms. And Derek, that's going to do it for this year. So please tell them what it's all about. May the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. to the coast we'll get together have a few laughs this podcast is a zoo house llc production hey derek have you heard the news what news we officially have our very own line of coffee at brezcoffeeco.com that's right nerd cave retro now has its very own medium roast coffee If you want to try it yourself, or even some of the other awesome flavors like Wizard's Potion, which is a butterscotch, caramel, and hazelnut flavored roast. Or the Dragon's Breath Roast, which is a cinnamon dolce flavored roast. They have tons of different flavors, and you can also just get a regular Colombian roast and add any flavor to it that you want. They even keep their seasonal roasts all year round. If you need that boost to get you through those all-night gaming sessions, then head over to brezcoffeeco.com and use the promo code NCR for 10% off your order. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.